Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Ed. Ed, what's going on? Clay, I'm chilling. What's going on with you? Not much, man. A lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. Still got the COVID going on. Ugh, it ain't going nowhere. Sorry to tell y'all, it ain't going nowhere. Especially yep. since you won't put your mask on. You won't put your mask on, you can be mad when we're, we're Valentine's Day writing love songs to each other. Who is your boy cousin, my cousin Chris and your boy T-Pain kissing me through the phone? That's going to be us at Valentine's Day. <laughs> That's actually Soldier Boy and Sammy. Oh, whatever. Two other people <laughs> I don't really care about. Well, Sammy's all right. Yeah, Sammy's cool. Uh, but Ed, a lot of things to talk about this week, as we always do. But I have to bring this up first. Uh, before we even get into anything R&B related, I got two video game fun facts for you. Okay, Are you ready? This is, yes, this is my world. Hit me. Uh, so you've played Street Fighter before, obviously. Have I played it? Yes. I just haven't played you yet, so I can give you that beating you deserve. <laughs> well, I was scrolling through uh, my Facebook the other day, and I came across an article that was really interesting. Never really thought about it, but apparently there's a cr- group of people that have thought about it. They were debating who is stronger, Ken or Ryu. Hmm. And, and there's actually, uh, they found an interview that the developer of Street Fighter did, and actually, if you have computer versus computer, Ken always beats Ryu. Interesting. Yep. Why is that? Well, I, 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 yeah. Maybe his, um, what's his the uppercut? Thing? Yeah, the short you can thing. His yeah. does seem to be a little stronger than the fireball, so maybe that's it. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that though, because yeah. you know they've always kind of positioned Ryu as like the main guy. So yep. that's kind of yeah. weird. So apparently Ken is stronger. And then uh, another fun fact for you in the game NBA Jam. Oh yes, my game. I still have the original SNES copy. So if you're the Chicago Bulls and you're playing the Detroit Pistons because they mm-hmm. had that rivalry back in the late '80s, early '90s. If you're down by one, or let me put it like this. If you're the Bulls and you're taking the last shot against the Pistons, you'll always miss. It's programmed like that. What? Yep. Let me find out y'all cheating in these games. I always knew the computer was a cheater. (laughs) And the reason for that is because the developer of NBA Jam was a Pistons fan. And this was his way to get back at the Bulls. Oh, so he's a hater. Okay. I see how it is. I always knew. I mean, many, even now when I play my games and I'm in here and I'm yelling at the screen and my wife comes in and is like, what is happening? I'm like, this <laughs> game is cheating. And she's yep. like, it's a game. It can't cheat. The game cheats. He proved it. Yeah. Because I think um, in Mario Kart, if you're in last place, you get all sorts of advantages to get you to first. Yeah. And if you're first, you get screwed. Every time. Yes. Yep. The game cheats. I know that they're balancing or whatever they call it. It's called cheating. Let yeah. me be great. <laughs> exactly. So there's your fun facts of the day, Ed. But we got to talk about some current events here. Ed, I don't even know where to begin with this. We don't really have to talk about all of it because it's really none of our business. But between okay. Nick Cannon getting yelled at on Twitter. Oh, God. Between people asking Tiana Taylor for money. Now, I didn't know about this. So... um Someone did a feature on a Tiana Taylor record off her last album, the one that Kanye produced. Yeah. And uh, they never got paid for a feature, and they were old money. So this artist emailed Tiana's manager, never got a response. Emailed Def Jam, never got a response. Pretty much emailed everyone, never got a response. So went 
publicly with it on Twitter and said, Tiana, you haven't paid me. What kind of artist are you? Blah, blah, blah. Tiana responds to it and says, I've never heard from you. You have my number. I don't understand why you went to Twitter for this as opposed yes. to coming to me. Right. Especially because you have my number. And uh, yeah, it was it was messy. I think in the end they got it figured out. So it was good. But I don't know, man. This This Twitter thing, especially over the last few weeks, it's really eye-opening just to see just how dangerous it is on there. It is ridiculous, and it is the it, it just shows how humans corrupt everything. Twitter is an incredible tool for gathering information, spreading information. There are so many now. As much as I complain about these fake Twitter celebrities who are famous mm-hmm. for doing absolutely nothing, there are many people who have gained voice and prominence on Twitter. I mean, it was through Twitter that I pretty much met you and Tom. Yeah, and it's through Twitter that uh, Soul and Stereo kind of gained traction. You know, I got sold. You can also speak to that as well. So it's great to create community. But the way we corrupt it and turn it into me, me, me and attacking people is absolutely ridiculous. It's very exhausting. Yeah. So hopefully things get better. But, Ed, I mean, we got to talk about Tamar Braxton for a second here. We do. We do. She was rushed to the hospital the other day. And uh, rumors, reports have said or speculated that it was a attempted suicide and i mean that's that's scary to hear no matter who it is right and just some of the reports that have come out regarding this there was like this tweet that was supposed to go out that was saved in her draft which she pretty much said that she was gonna you know end herself like it's just so much craziness going on and i mean i hope that she gets better but again what i've also seen now on twitter is people going at K. Michelle and saying, because K. Michelle and Tamar had their little beef over the years, and they're saying, they're pretty much blaming her for it now, seeing this this is what you get for bullying Tamar. And, Ed, I know I know you've had your issues with the Tamartians in the past. Yes, I have. And Greatly. I, and, you know, and I think for good reason, you've given out honest reviews, and they've gone mad at it, but we'll talk about that later. But... I'm just saying, man, like, there's just so much craziness going on on Twitter. Like, we just have to be nicer and kinder to people. Like, everyone's going through things, and, like, Tom sent out an interesting tweet that said something like, um, you know, before all of this, we were all laughing and kicking and and shaming Tamar for some of her mental illnesses, and now that she's gone through this, now the sympathy tour begins. Like, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's a lot. I am, this is an issue that hits me very closely. And again, this is, it's pretty early in the podcast. We're just yep. 10 minutes in and I'm doing <laughs> this. But y'all know the deal. What I am about to say is what I'm about to say. So go to E.T. Bowser on Twitter. Leave Tom and Kyle out of this. Because y'all about to get mad, but I'm going to get real. <sighs> this bothers me so much. A couple of months ago, there was a wrestler by the name of Hana Kimura, who mm-hmm. was a female Japanese wrestler. She was also like on a um a like a reality show. And she committed suicide because she was on this reality show and she had gotten this like confrontation with somebody on a reality show. I don't know, I don't watch the show. And yeah. the fans of the dude who she got in a confrontation with, it was like she washed her clothes. The dude she had like something in the washing machine and the dude washed the clothes and messed up her clothes. So she kinda snapped on him. So that stupid little incident that sounds absolutely like nothing turned into this bullying campaign against her on Twitter 
And that eventually led the way to her suicide. Now, I saw this play out on Twitter that night. Yeah. That night, I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I was up late working on something. And she was tweeting these weird statements. And people were like, oh, people need to check on this girl. She's saying some stuff. And yeah. it ended up being, she ended up taking her life. So when I see this from Tamar, Here's an artist, and as we all know, I have great issues with her stance. But this is a person that, yes, she gets criticized. I have criticized her. I have criticized her music. I have not criticized her as a person. Mm-hmm. But And I'm a fan of her music. But there's a point where you have to realize, for all you people just trying to crack jokes and trying to be funny and trying to get retweets, that there are real people and real stakes behind what you do out here. And he realizes being upset. We have heard since that apparently this, what we thought was kind of a suicide attempt, was also spurred on by Twitter. I'm not blaming K. Michelle because they argued with K. Michelle one time. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. What it is, is there is a group of people that continue to heap upon an artist, and it's not fair because it's a little different than when we were kids and if somebody bullied us and it's like, two dudes at the bus stop. If you are a social media, if you have a large following, you've got thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people just bombarding you with negativity. I will say this, because there was talk earlier this week about Christy Teigen. There was some issues where people were accusing her, and I don't even get in. This was absolutely stupid. That she's got to be a pedophile because she hung out with an alleged pedophile one time. Oh, I went to your house. I must be a pedophile, too. So she, like, deleted thousands of tweets and blocked all these people. And people were like, why is she overreacting? Well, player, if you have millions of people following you and your job, actually, I don't know what she does. But if your job is connected (laughs) to social media and you're just getting all this negativity 24-7, that does something to your psyche. And that's not fair. I will not compare myself to her or Tamar, but mm-hmm. there have been, I've got a decent following, as you know, I'm verified, as you know. There have been several times where those garbage, money-grubbing little, oh, what do you call the Nicki Minaj, the barbs, the yep. barbs. Yep. There was a time, I can't even remember what I said, it was some, oh, I remember what I said. I simply said that I didn't think that her verse on Monster, I thought it was, the verse that everybody thinks is the greatest thing ever. Mm. I said, it's good. But it's not the greatest thing ever. Player, I kid you not, for one week straight, Mm. I got nothing but comment after comment after comment after comment after comment. They're like going through my photos. They're talking about my wife. They're talking about my family. They're calling me this and that. Look, for anybody watching this podcast, y'all get mad at me all the time because the album that you like, I say is whack or not great. Okay, come for me. But don't come for my wife and my family and my mama and my unborn kids and you're getting Mm -hmm. all these people. Imagine that, as annoying as that was, imagine that times 20 or 30. That's what happened to Hannah. That's unfortunately what happened to Tamar. That's what happened to Christy. There is absolutely no excuse for it. Grow up and be an adult, please. Well, the only thing I can say, Ed, you make a good point. You make a couple of good points here. But I'm going to say that this whole fiasco that's happening happening with Chrissy right now is because John Legend dropped the Fire album. They had to like ba- <laughs> they had to balance out the world. It can't be all good things for John Legend, you know. 
Well, I think you're right about that. Once we finally get him into a place where we're like, okay, John Legend, you're good with us again. Here we go with this mess. The yeah. Legends just can't get it right in that house. <laughs> but yes, player, if you are watching this podcast, I need you to do some sort of goodwill and bring some positivity back into this cesspool that is social media. Because y'all done messed it up. And if mm-hmm. it wasn't for the work I do for my job, Yep. I would just hang out in the soul and stereo cipher on Facebook because it's the only safe space I have in this ridiculous world. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ed, you know what I would like to see? And I don't know if it happens, and I don't even know if we're qualified to really give out suggestions, but I would like to see a program where artists can go when they feel like they are going through mental illness or is it this is, is disability or is it illness? What's the correct term for that? For what they're going through now, I mean, this sounds like depression. So yeah, like if they're going through any of that, I feel like maybe we need to start a podcast on that to help artists learn how to deal with all of this craziness that happens, especially on social media. Because I don't know if there's a manual or a, or a program for that. I think a lot of people just say log off your Twitter, but. Even for us, when we see two or three comments that happen, like you're gonna want to look at these comments. I know it's not healthy, but you're gonna want to look. So I mean, you're right, yeah. and it goes back. We've talked before a million times about the lack of artist development, and a lot of times, artist yep. development means you don't know how to give an interview. But it's also the other side that you're talking about. There's a mental health aspect here, and labels don't protect artists like they should. And yeah. to be fair, this is a different world, like. We got these old heads that barely know what an Instagram is. Like, they don't understand the weight of what's going on in this social media world. And you're right. When you get a couple of comments, whenever you put out something. I mean, I put out a movie review today. No matter what people say, you know me, I'm kind of like callous to a lot of stuff. But you still want to see what people's reactions are. So you will scroll the comments. I don't try to take the bad ones at heart, but some people do. And when you get nothing but bad ones, it starts to mess with you again. So if you get thousands of bad ones, of course it's going to mess with you. We got to do a better job of protecting our artists. And I wish labels, as you're, to your point, were more prepped to help keep them safe. Because it's terrible out here, player. Yeah, so shout-outs to Tamar. We, we hope you get better, get well soon, and you're able to drop another album. But... In the meantime, Ed, we've got some more music to talk about. And this artist, I think, has gone through more than anybody in the world. And that is your cousin, Chris Brown. Oh, what has he gone through? Listen, he's gone through a decade of slander, but he keeps dropping them hits. He has a new one out with Young Thugga Thug. Go go crazy. And, Ed, people were going crazy on Twitter, calling it the song of the summer. Yes, they were. Unfortunately, the summer is now canceled because of the coronavirus. But, Ed... (laughs) <laughs> this song is a jam. Reminds me of a 2000s T-Pain record almost. And which that's is pro- probably why I don't like it. Your thoughts on this song? Well, I just shared them because you were one of the people who hit me and was like, oh, this song is great. Shout out to your boy Dollar on Twitter. Of all people, he was talking about this song was so great. Everyone was telling me this song was so great. I'm like, I've got to check it out. Anything that says featuring Young Thug makes my stomach bubble, gives me the Mm. bubble guts. So I knew that was suspect number one. Uh, It sounds like a Chris Brown song in 2020. So I don't see what a big deal is. It's him doing his thing. It's young whatever doing his thing. 
It's just a thing that I never care to hear from. I'm sure it will be number one. It will go gazillion platinum. It will be all of Elvis's records because that's kind of what happens in 2020 when music comes down. But for me, y'all can have this one. I don't see the big deal at all. At all. Yep. It's it's an interesting thing I saw on Twitter, though, Ed. Someone wrote, is it just me or does this sound... Exactly, like what Chris would have been making during like the strip era. Yes. Like yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. Yes. And how long ago was that? That was uh, that was about seven years ago, Ed. Correct. Uh, growth. It's hard to come by. What is Ed. growth? What is growth? Somebody <laughs> is... <laughs> give my cousin something about because he doesn't know what this is. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I got a new record here from Let Us See the record Where I Am. New album, The Wild Card, set to drop soon. Ed. I gotta say, Lettucey always delivers. And I'm not just saying that because she's a good friend of ours on the site, but she always delivers and she does with this one as well. I mean, she's consistent and she's an artist that I know there are certain artists that we get frustrated with because you never know what you're gonna get. Are we gonna get the classic sound? Are we gonna get yeah. Venice sound? Are we gonna get some left field weird stuff? Lettucey will experiment, but she never strays too far to the left. Mm-hmm. And this is just some straight up. This sounds like something that could have been from like one of her classic records. It's a definite legacy record. I like it a lot. I think it's one of the more solid offerings I've heard in the past few years. Oh, you know what? Few months that is. You know what's interesting? You remember her record High, the one that was a little more trappy that Camper produced that uh yeah, that I like, but Tom didn't. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, like you and I both really like that song, but Tom did an interview with Lettucey, and Lettucey said a lot of people didn't get that song. And I, I, get, I can get it. I get it. But that song was right. great. I mean, again, I think it was a little trappy. It was the difference at the time is what I said. Because she took a trap beat. I have no problem with trap beats as long as they're not repetitive. She yep. took a trap inspired beat and did Lettucey. It was not Lettucey trapping. That's the problem. Like you can go to a trap experience and bring Lettucey to it. And that's why it worked. It wasn't her trying to be something she's not. So that's why I thought this one worked. If she tried something else, it didn't. But Lettucey always brings her artistry to the to whatever she's doing. And that's, yet again, prevalent here. So I'm sure the new album, when it drops in August, will be something to behold. Because honestly, there ain't much else coming out this year. Yeah, and Lettucey always delivers. And I've got a record for you here now. JoJo Special featuring Snoop Dogg. The Mr. Dalvin remix. Ed, yes. The beat is banging. Yeah, I, I like. Here's the frustration with this one. I like the the production of the remix. Dalvin did his thing. I like Snoop on the record, but some ain't working with JoJo. I don't know if it's mixed funny, but it just it sounds really tacked on. Like once JoJo starts his thing, mm-hmm. and you know he's doing the auto tuny stuff. We talked about that before. Yeah, but. The first half of the song with Snoop and, and the production, I'm like, this is really good. But mm-hmm. once JoJo comes in, something like uh, the puzzle piece is not fitting cleanly together. <laughs> it's like, eh, eh, eh. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's like a, a near hit, but yep. something slightly missed. I do Love really, beat, though. me too. I, I do really enjoy the fact that Jodeci collaborates together, even though it's not considered a jodeci record yeah it's nice to see that because i'm trying to think 
what other groups do that where it's a solo project but then you still have members from that group contributing to it i mean casey and jojo you had Devonte on a couple of production on their first on the first couple of albums i'm just trying to think who else is there I mean, when Cisco was doing his solo thing, yeah. it wasn't odd for Drew Hill to show back up. But yeah. other than that, you don't really see that. Most of the time when an artist does their thing, then it's just them. Yeah. And I understand that because you want to make sure that it's, you know, if it's a slim album, you want it to be slim. You don't want to be 112. The specter of 112 is always there anyway. So you yeah. want it to be in a reflection of you. So I get that. But it's always cool to just kind of see the the boys come back just a, for one last go around it's always mm-hmm. fun. yeah so ed uh brandy's album comes out in about two weeks mm-hmm. i'm sure you got it circled on the calendar b7 is the album and ed i've seen a lot of comments on social media saying where is the promo for this album why isn't brandy saying anything I've got a couple of reasons on why it's not happening. I need you to tell me if this is a cop-out or if this is a legitimate excuse. Well, I will differentiate to see if this is real, a good reason, or this is just stand speak. So do your thing. Okay, so the first reason is that there's a pandemic going on. True, no question. Uh, the second part of it is that she is an independent artist now. So if you're expecting her to have promo like Beyonce or Rihanna or all of these top acts on major labels, you're not going to get that. The only the only artist that will really do that on an independent scale is Tyrese. And I think that's more about him not wanting to fail. That's his ego coming into place uh, more than anything. But, I mean, those are the two... Go ahead. Well, look, play. I'm not mad at that. Like, you don't want to fail... We can say what we want about Tyrese and his ego, but he believes in his product, so yes, do it. Look, Brian, we got to understand, and I've discussed this before, this is not 1994. Like, Mm -hmm. Brandy is not going to have that type of rollout. But look, you got Instagram, you got Twitter, use that. There are definite ways that you can get your music out. And I saw that she did something. um, Amazon, on Amazon, Alexa, yep. I saw she that. did that. So I do see some things here and there. I do wish that it was a little bit more concerted to the album itself and not just, here's Brandy doing some random thing. But again, you can use your social media to do that. I feel like use the tools that you have at hand instead of just saying, well, we ain't got Donnie Simpson. I don't know what to do. AJ <laughs> and Free are retired. We are just lost. You got social media. You're always talking about something crazy anyway. Use yeah. it to do something that will actually promote your music and make you some money. True, she is not going to have the Rihanna's and the Beyonce type hype behind her because that's a whole other level. But there could be more done. Yes, COVID is a thing. But COVID's going to be, as we say it off top, COVID ain't going nowhere. So it's time to adapt instead of just saying, I don't know what to do. Because if you do that for too long, you won't be eating. Mm-hmm. So, album comes out in two weeks. I'm really looking forward to this one, Ed. I know a lot of fans have been waiting. I think it's been like eight years yep. since her last album. So, it's going to be a great one here. Ed, I got to ask you this question now. Uh, because when we talk about album sales, I actually don't know how to quantify. Like, I'd like to see the bottom line on a lot of these album releases to see if they're actually making money. Just because album... Because album sales aren't even a thing anymore. 
everything's about the streams and like yeah. i look at an album like tiana taylor's which a lot of people were talking about it on twitter i don't know if the actual physical numbers are all that high but i just be i'd be curious to see how much that album would have made it may have done really well because tiana has a huge fan base but i just don't know i don't know how to look at these things anymore i don't think anybody knows how to look at these things anymore and that's why um i have talked i was talking earlier to a friend of mine on twitter about kind of like the hip-hop world and how everything is judged by no we judge greatness by numbers so with we're talking about an artist like say a red man or somebody that's not really something that older fans enjoy but younger fans aren't really familiar so younger fans run to wikipedia see how many times they went platinum oh they only went platinum one time it must be trash like that's <laughs> it's you can't really quantify an era by looking at some numbers 20 years after the fact to that point, it's hard to quantify success today because you can't just like the way numbers are and the way streams are put apart. If you when I I think it was last year, I did this post that talked about the top 10 one hit wonders of the 2010s and people were saying you should do this artist. And then I go look and that artist has had like five or six triple platinum singles that mm-hmm. you didn't know because of streaming. Is that artist successful? I don't know because y'all thought they had one song and fell off the planet and clearly their profile was low. But yep. the numbers say otherwise. So you have to be very careful about how we quantify success in this really weird world right now. I hear Blue um, Billboard is trying to switch up once again their charts and the way that they chart stuff because everybody's still trying to figure out how to chart this stuff. It's weird. I don't know what success means right now anymore. And I certainly couldn't tell you if Tiana, despite all the chatter that went on for a week, is a successful project. Or not. I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know either, especially because you have companies uh, like Spotify, like Tidal, rumored to be rigging the numbers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's true or not, so I'm not going to point any fingers. But Neither what, am I. I wouldn't what, be surprised. This happened way before now, y'all, so don't be shocked. Yeah, it's like back in the day when Murder, Inc. would buy a million Ashanti albums. Yep, and be like, look, Concrete Rose is platinum. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just don't listen to it. I mean, this is the thing. People used to do this. But um, the other thing, what, what you're alluding to, Ed, is Billboard is changing the rules because um, this is what people like Charlie Wilson used to do. They would bundle their album with their concert tickets or their merch. Yeah. And I think this is what like pissed off DJ Khaled. I forget what the yep. story was, but they're gonna attempt to remove that from the calculations of, you know, charting, which I agree with. For me, um, if you're gonna talk about albums, let's have it apples to apples, my album versus your album. Once once you start bundling and packaging things, it kind of makes it hard to compare. I, I agree. Yeah, and I think that's again, and the people who are proponent for the bundling, I can't remember if Khaled was mad because he bundled and they didn't i can't remember yeah. but the argument is always well they used to do it in the 90s and you didn't say anything first of all yes they did it back then yes people knew that it was a thing people just didn't have the platform or social media to get all crazy about it like y'all do now but yes this was always a thing i agree with you though i think if it's we're comparing album sales i want album sales if we're comparing streams I feel like streams would be a whole separate thing. Like compare streams. When you put it all together, it gets so weird and jumbled. And 
it can be easily skewed one way or another. And then yeah. we're comparing artists who are getting a whole bunch of streams to a Michael Jackson where people actually physically bought the album. That's not the same weight. Like, mm-hmm. you can't compare the two. Like, we really comparing Old Town Road to, like, songs from the 70s. Like, that's a whole different way that music was consumed. Yeah. I don't feel like you put that on the same level. Billboard, it's going to be tough to figure out. I'm not judging mm-hmm. and saying, oh, you should be doing this and that. But it's got to change up. Yeah. It's, it can't be the same. I agree. And here's another topic for you, Ed. Janae dropped her deluxe album. Oh, Lord. Double the sleepy time? <laughs> well, I was going to ask this because I've never really thought about it until Janae dropped her deluxe version. Because back in the day, a deluxe version was pretty much an album with more songs. It would come out on the same day. And the mentality yeah. was, okay, if you spend a little more you can get more songs on the album. You go with the deluxe version. Now, no one buys albums. So, it won't make sense to put out a deluxe version and a regular version on the same day. Because then, who's listening to the regular version? Everyone's going right. straight for the deluxe. But what it looks like now, what the deluxe version is now, is just... It's like a revised version of the original. It comes out probably a month or so after the original comes out with some added songs do you like that that kind of brings the album new life right yeah i actually like it we talked i think last week or sometime recently we talked about how back in the day they used to have remix albums and that's how you would breathe new life into an old project you can get some more eyeballs on it or you had like confessions the special edition and you would do things like that to kind of give it another million dollars in sales and kind of keep the momentum rolling so if you're gonna do it i'm not mad at it that's a way to do it because to your point Back in the day, when you would get an album, you get I go to Keith go to get the new Keith Sweat joint from Target. You can get the regular edition, pay three extra dollars for four more songs. Of course, I'm gonna get the 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 deluxe edition, more songs. Even though most of the time the additional songs, like you could have kept them anyway. But if you do that now, people are just gonna go with the original. Forget it. This is a way to keep the conversation and eyeballs and ears going on a project once it starts to slow down. I like it. Yeah. So, and here's here's another thought here. Can you imagine if, because here's what's true. The pandemic could have happened at any time. Yeah. It is not exclusive to 2020. Can you imagine if the pandemic hit in like 1998 when we were still selling CDs? Like the industry would be shut down if that happened. Oh my goodness. It, it would, would be, be over. Com- <laughs> it would be collapsed because there would be no way. Well, I'm not no way because people would still go out. But people would not be more willing to go run out to cop these albums. And 98 specifically, player, they were like albums. I remember the day that Lauryn Hill, Kelly Price, and Nicole Ray all came out that same day. It was like some, it may have been like July or August. It was in the summer. All three of these incredible albums dropped the same freaking day. Imagine, and we got like stuff like that every week. Imagine how sales would be impacted. Because people aren't running out to whatever, Camelot or The Wall or FYE or whatever music stores they had out back then. Man, the industry would be jacked up. Actually, streaming actually kind of helps support it in this weird time. Because we're locked in the house, music is much more accessible. So yeah, you're right. This would have tore things up. Yeah, because if you think about it, this pandemic, if it had happened then, 
the manufacturing warehouses would have been shut down and you can yep. you wouldn't even be able to make CDs. It would just be done. So Yeah. It'd be like these meat packing places where COVID is running them up. Nobody's gonna be risking their life to get some CDs. I mean, I love Lauren Hill's miseducation, but I ain't getting no COVID over it. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta be thankful and uh Show some gratitude to the fact that it happened in 2020, I guess. <laughs> yes, when we're, a, we're capable of taking care of it. That's why I get so mad at y'all. I mean, I won't put on your freaking mask. We have all the abilities and advantages to beat this thing. Act like an adult and stop tripping. All right, relax. Uh, can we get one. one. <laughs> can we get into some of Tom's lists here that he posted on our page? Yeah, I'm very interested in these lists. I mean, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but our boy, as we know, has been off doing daddy daycare but in the meantime he's been also revisiting some classics and going through and talking about some of the top 10 album not albums but top top 10 songs that some of our favorite artists have released pretty fun project very soul and stereo-ish so i'm down with it yeah i mean tom recently posted a top 10 list top 10 best songs from total one of our favorite groups from the 90s very underrated short run but a lot of bangers and, and I uh, really like that list. Um, if you go back and look, he actually has some very like unappreciated gems on there. I was very happy to see what's this the joint with Mace. If you want me, yeah, that's a great one. That beat is that, crazy. That beat is crazy. I know it's sampled from the the Busted Joint, but yeah, weird. If you want to have this weird trivia topic about your boy, for some reason that Mace verse. I don't like Mace. I was not a big fan of Mace. I know he was like, oh, he was like 1999 Drake, whatever. I was never a big fan. But for whatever reason, 20 years later, the verse on that track in the middle of the night will just come to me. And I'll recite the whole thing. I don't know why I love that verse so much. But I love that song. I was very happy to see it on the list. Wow. Is it, uh, what is the song? The song Love Me by Mace and 112 is better than that verse? Oh, yes. Damn. Love Me is a great song. <laughs> oh, I love that song, but Mace ain't the best. I know that people will come back and do the T-Pain thing where it's like, oh, he's actually good if you listen to the stuff that's not on the radio. Yes, I've heard it. I've heard Murder Mace. Yes, it's good. <laughs> we ain't talking about it. Well, a lot of people were pissed at Tom's list. Well, that's the welcome to the internet. Um, he, you know, he also put Don't Ever Change. I love that song. What? What's wrong with that song? Well, the people, people were... didn't like it? Well, people were pissed that I Tried wasn't on the list. Do you think about us? I do us? like I Tried. Do you think about us? That's a great one. When Boy Meets Girl. That's a great one. That's that Neptune well, record. I like all of those. Yeah. There's a lot of great songs. So it's kind of hard to make. And this is what I tell Tom, too, because it's easy to make a list and get upset when it with it when people don't agree with you but ed you get that all the time you get you get trash in your email all the time from these lists all the time my whole life is nothing but trash and people yelling at me but again if when you're in this editorial space i know it's a little new for tom but that's just how it is if you put your opinion out there for everybody that disagrees i promise you there are people who do agree they just didn't say anything because they agree like it was nothing to say it's like i read this and was like oh i agree and they moved on because they're an adult but the people who don't agree, they're the ones you're going to hear from because they're going to have a, a bone to pick. And that's cool. If you agree, cool. If you don't, just act like you got some sense and don't call my mama a hoe. But <laughs> other than that, 
I mean, that's that's what this is for. Like, I'm here for debate. If you disagree with a list, tell me why you think it's wrong, and we can go back and forth. So, Tom will get used to it. But for all those songs you mentioned, Total got some joints. All those other ones, I might have thrown those on my top ten, too. They were pretty good. All right, Ed. So, we're going to come up with our own list here. Okay. The top ten greatest R&B songs, 90s to current. Can we do what? it right now? Let's do it no, right now. we can't do it right let's, now. Let's do it right now. About? On the spot. Okay. I'm going to give you a couple titles here. You say A or nay for top ten of all time. Okay, we'll try this. This, this is going to be an epic failure. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be terrible, but go ahead. Well, before we even start, is Poison by Bell Biv DeVoe an R&B song or a hip-hop song? It's an R&B song. It's an R&B song that's, I mean, it's like hip-hop influence, and that was... The, that was the wave back then. Mm. So, yeah, it's an R&B song. It's just a party starter. That's cool. All right. Um, so, for any all-time or not... All right, let's narrow it down to the 90s because I think okay. that might make it a little easier here. And then, all right, hit and, me with something. And then we'll go 2000s and have Foolish at number one, but let's let's stick with the 90s here. Well, yes, yeah, so we'll keep the foolishness to the 2000s because that's where you live. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I mean, we got to put... Tevin Campbell, can we talk on that list? I'm pretty sure that needs to be on the list, yes. One of those boys to men records should probably be on the list, too. <laughs> one of those boys to men? Like, just any random one? Alright, well, would you put I'll Make Love to You, or would you put um, End of the Road? I would probably put End of the Road up mm. there before that one. And now, that, and now that we're talking about this, I'm starting to remember, somewhere on Soul and Stereo, there is like a top 190s R&B songs. R.I.P. to your mentions. <laughs> yes, then those mentions were torn up as well. So again, it's part of the part of the charm of a list. But yes, of those two, I would put that one up there. I would put Mariah Carey, "Always Be My Baby." That should probably be up there. Maybe not. Um, that feels a little bit more like top 20 than top 10. I'm sure that the Mariah, the lambs are gonna come turn me into lamb chops for saying that, but. Uh, I don't know if that's top 10 for me. Now, watch somebody go look and it's on my top 10 of, of the list we did, but who knows. Can I give a As hot... Of right now. Can I, I give a hot take really quickly, Ed? Okay. One Sweet Day, Boyz Men, Mariah Carey. What are you about to say? That's not even cracking my top 200. No, it's... That song is very sad and kind of got overplayed, but it's still a great song. Mm, it's all right. It's all right, Ed. No, my God. Give him some love. What That's about, a 100 song for sure. What about, twi- not 200. What about Twisted by Keith Sweat? Well, now we talk. <laughs> Are we talking top 10 or top 3? Wow. It ain't 2 or 3. Wow. I would put Keith would probably be top 10, yes. Mm. But that's the stand in me talking. All right, what about This Is How We Do It? Oh, no, that's got to be up there. That's got to be top 10. That's top 10. Wow. How many, people, gotta be. how many songs are we putting in the top 10 here? Like 40? With the player, you keep naming great songs. I'm just saying. You gotta name some garbage for me to be like, oh, okay, don't put that up there. Gangster's Paradise? That's not a, that's not, that's sort of an R&B song. That's not an R&B <laughs> song. Come on, a song Good called Lord. Gangster's Paradise is an R&B song. In 2020, it'd be an R&B song for sure, but not in 1996, it was not. Return of the Mac? That is a great one. It is. I know that it's, 
I know the hype around it makes it top ten. Yeah. But as a song, I don't know if it's top ten. All right. I don't know about that. It Which, would be high, but I don't know about ten. So here's the thing, though. Like, when you look at R&B records, you can split it into just like great traditional R&B records, and then you have those records that are just monumental hits. Like, yeah. I wouldn't put No Diggity in my top ten, but that's such a huge song. You would be a fool not to put it in your top ten. I'm pretty sure it was in our top ten on our list, and I understand the case for it. Personally, like as a personal, in my personal top ten, it would not be there. But right. when you talk about the quality of the song and when you talk about the impact of the song, sure, it's got to be there. But my personal, I'm not the biggest No Diggity fan. Yeah, I before I let you go, I feel like it's the much stronger song. Much stronger. Yeah, I like can't can't get you out of my mind before that one. So. Mm. Interesting. But, again, I'm sure DJ Showchild will, like, put a bomb under my house or something for saying that. But, uh, no diggity is not my favorite. All right. I'm going to give you a couple more here because this is going nowhere. There's too many great songs. Yes, there's too many. Um, What about Jodeci, Forever My Lady? Does that have to be uh, up there? Uh, I don't know if that's top 10, but that's, like, top 20. All right. Uh, TLC. Uh, they're gonna tear me up for that one. They will. TLC creep. It's tough. Mm. There's a lot of hits here. <laughs> what an error! Like we were so spoiled and embarrassment of riches. Like my gosh. Um, I don't know if that's top ten either. That one feels like top twenty. Again, that's a song that was greatly hyped. But yeah. when you just look at like the quality of the song, it's very good versus. Like, unbelievably exceptional to me. Mm. I don't know about that being top 10. What about the H-Town record, Knocking Off the Boots? You love oh, that song. <laughs> Listen, that, you can knock that down to top 200. Wow. I do not like that. Oh, it's probably top 100. I am not a fan of that song. I like H-Town, but I do not like that song. I never liked it. Mm. We might have to narrow this down to, like, top 10 90s R&B songs by a male. <laughs> this is, yes, I didn't realize how tough this was. Actually, I knew. I told but... <laughs> you this is tough. Then when you just said it, I knew it would be tough. Again, if you want to know, you can go to Solo Stereo, look at the top 100 songs in the 90s. It wasn't just me; it was me and other members of the Cipher. Kyle probably was on it too. I can't remember, but there are people us that we kind of came together and did a list. And you know what you do with lists? Some people loved it. Some people were pissed off because. I think they were pissed off because some Tamiya song was like at number 80-something. That's the big drama that was behind that list. Yep. But such is life, player. All right, Ed. I'm going to give you this then. This this one I think we can do. Okay. And I, I noticed we're at 42 minutes already. I don't know how that happened. But here's this one, Ed. The best song from any of the one-hit wonders that came out. What would okay. be what would be what would be the top song? The best song from that one ba- hit wonders from from that batch of one hit wonders that came out. Are you, are you talking nineties? Let's let's go nineties. To me, it's either Mark Morrison, okay, or Dina Howard. Like that's they're the king and queen of nineties one hit wonders. Hmm. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, yeah, I'm but just, this is those are the two that come to mind. I think I have one right now. Uh, 
Did Tony Rich only have how many hits did he have? Uh, I think he only had nobody knows. That was a great one. But I wouldn't put that above those two though. Hmm. Tony Rich, man, that was a good hit. Uh, I was not a big fan of the Tony Rich. I mean, that song was okay, but yeah. when I cut, when I think about the one hit wonders of the nineties, it is Return of the Mac and Freak Like Me. Oh, I love both of those songs. Yeah, if we do the one hit wonders. That huh? That might be a song in Serial Post. I have to work on that. But yeah, yeah now nah, that is a list. Yeah, we gotta, cause you can't even define what a one hit wonder is anymore. No, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like you can to me a one hit wonder is an artist that had literally one charting hit. Yeah. And but these days where you can just cough on a beat and stream and it'll get like at least gold, one hit wonders don't even really exist like they used to. Nope. <laughs> I'll tell you what's not a one hit wonder here, and I'm actually surprised I didn't name any of these songs to put on the list. Monica celebrating the twenty fifth anniversary of her debut album, Miss Thing. Yes. Such yes. a great album. Um, Before You Walk Out of My Life is probably top 10. I, I believe it was top 10 on my list. So, yes, it, that definitely needs to be up there. I was never the biggest Don't Take It Personal fan. No. I remember that people, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, and you're too young for this, so let me turn the clock back to 95. Back in the day, you had to pick one or the other. You had to pick Michael Jackson, or you had to pick Prince. You had to pick Boys to Men, or you had to pick Jodeci. You had to pick Brandy, or you had to pick Monica. And then there was like some Aaliyah folks over on the side, but that was later on. So, like, you had to pick one of those two. And the Monica fans did not like Brandy because they thought Brandy was just like too... She was like America's R&B sweetheart. She was just too yeah. propped up and too poised and too perfect. And to them, it came off as fake. And that's not really fair, but that's how it came off to them and that don't take it personal was black and white and gritty and and it felt real and the monica fans loved that side of her so much Mm -hmm. but the reason why i loved it player this woman was 14 15 years old go back and listen to that record 14 and 15 years old do they even let you on facebook and twitter if you're 14 and 15 i don't know but good lord, like she was just so good and her voice was so great to be able to produce that type of stuff. And, and when y'all tell me, when y'all got these 20 year olds putting out these garbage songs and it's like, oh, give them time. They're young. They're just learning. Mm-hmm. Monica was 15, blowing <laughs> the roof off. Either be good or go away until you get better. No excuses. Yeah. That I, record was incredible. I feel like by the age of 20, you should at least have a record that sounds as good as With You, Ed. That record, that, that must be top 10 as well. That's a, that's not even an, a, a single. Uh, it wasn't even a single. That is why I said earlier, an embarrassment of riches. We got songs like that as album cuts. Yep. If that song came out today, it would be the best song of 2020. No question. Like We wouldn't even be arguing about it. You, Tom, and I would be like, oh, that's number one. What do you have to say? <laughs> And that's like was buried at like number four or five on her album. Like it's and it never even came out as a video. What an incredible talent Monica is. Classic album? I don't know about being a classic wow. album. It's definitely a defining album for her. Like when you talk about her legacy, it was definitely a defining album. But as far as an album that kinda influenced the genre and was able to touch a bunch of other spaces. 
Man, the nineties were tough for that. Like the competition was so high. I don't know if I would call it a classic. I would call Brandy's debut closer to a classic than Monica's. Mm. But Monica probably had a better album. Like it was a better body of work for me. Mm. Because if you're not calling that a classic, does Monica have a classic album? The Space no, Jam we, album is... I don't think that's a classic. No, and I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't think that... And I, and I say that as an unbiased reviewer because mm-hmm. I am a huge Monica fan. I don't know if I would call any of her albums classic. She's got classic songs. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I would say she has classic albums. Y'all yeah. can come tear me up on E.T. Bowser, but that's just me. I would say her first one is a, is a classic. Um, after the Storm had some great songs, but no, I, I, I wouldn't call that one a classic. Some really I, good songs on there. I've I've seen that called a classic, and it's if it's not her best, her best is between that and the debut. Like those are her to me her best bodies of work. I'm just not sure I would call either a classic. Yeah. But I'm also the man that didn't put her in the R&B Hall of Fame. So <laughs> look at me hating from the sidelines. So yep, there's that. And then uh, I'll say the makings of me is no is by no means a classic. It has a good album cover, and actually I think it's quite underrated for because a lot of people just hate on that every time the beat drop song. But that album's actually pretty good. I love that album, and I don't care that she's naked and just pulled up in a bunch of ropes like a weirdo. I don't care. I love that album. She was so hood on it. it was, mm-hmm. I love it. If she dropped a... Are we ever going to get her... What was the name of her album? Chapter 38. Chapter 47, by the time it comes out. like If she drops an AK-47 album, cool. And if it was like AK-47. the same... Well, listen, we'll be waiting another 10 years before we see it. But the point is, if she went back to Makings of Me and just like Makings of Me Part 2, I'd be the happiest dude out here. Hmm. Love that album. Interesting. So, I mean, Monica, we're going to celebrate her to the end. We love Monica. Always has delivered. And no slander uh, to Monica on this podcast. But the photographer has to go because uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my personal photographer has to go. I'm tired of seeing her on my Instagram. Uh, <laughs> that, listen, she is going to. We talked before about making sure this is a different day. You got to self-promote. Monica's going to be out here with her and that photographer. She is going. I don't care if she at the funeral. She at the repast. You're going to get these photos. So do your thing, Monica. That's all I can say. High quality, too. So at... <laughs> I, I think that's it for this week's podcast. Let's quickly go into the Soulback track of the day here. Yes. I mean, we talked a lot about talked a lot of great 90s R&B records already. And uh, I'm just trying to find one here. Can we talk about the record? I got nothing here, Ed. Can we talk about the record Gotta Leave by 702? Let's go with that one. <laughs> that's a random record to pull out but it's 702 i'm never gonna give them any shade because mm-hmm. those are my girls yeah yes i'm okay with that Her, i think that second album doesn't get enough attention I agree. everybody talks yep. about um you know where my girl's at that's another song that's beloved that's not really my favorite but i do like that album a lot yeah that album is actually because their first one is is freaking amazing I loved it. I mean, it has its copy moments at the time. Back in 96, people were air about it because it it had the kind of Nickelodeon sounding songs on it. But I loved it. It really means a lot to me because that was one of the first albums I had when I first started driving. So I'm driving around my little car listening to 702. Wow. So that one has a lot of memories attached to it. But loved it debut and loved the song album too. Yeah. Wait, you were riding around to show you my love? That's like 100% Nickelodeon music. (laughs) 
<laughs> probably was. Wow. I don't remember having that one blasting, but <laughs> at, at some point, I'm sure it was. Mm. All right. Well, Ed, I think that's it for this week. I don't think we're going to get in trouble this week. Uh, Monica, oh, just you wait. Monica, I think your album is a classic, your debut. So, <laughs> And that, that comes from the words of You Know I Got Soul. But, yes. Uh, Ed, what's going on with SoulInStereo.com? Well, over at SoulInStereo.com, this week um, we reviewed, um, well, not necessarily a review, but a fr- good friend of the site, Ryle Alexander, released his EP. He's a filmographer. He's a filmmaker. He's a musician. He does some really incredible visuals, but he had an EP that came out this week, kind of talked to the times and protest music. So I had a sit down interview with him talking about his new projects and protest music as really the history of it. So that was, I thought, a really interesting conversation. Go check that out on the site as well as I think we mentioned last week. I don't even remember how this happened. Somebody on Facebook, it might have been my boy, William Clark. Shout out to him because he Mm. listens to the podcast. I think it was him who challenged me to watch all these Pixar movies. Wow. So this Pixar thing has become a thing. It is a, every day I watch one and leave a review. I've been doing this on Facebook. They got so popular, I started just dropping them on Soul and Stereo. So if you want to see a grown man get annoyed by watching children's cartoons, mm. you can check that out over at soulandstereo.com. We're about, I think we're near the end. I got to watch Coco, I think, is what I got to watch today. So we're almost there at the end. You can see all, if you're a Pixar fan, you can see what old grouchy Ed thought about your childhood. Don't be sad because some of the movies y'all love is kind of whack. Yeah, I was about to throw hands when I saw Toy Story at like the bottom of the list. I'm like, what? Flair, <laughs> the funny thing about that is I am like doing this list as I'm watching them. So there was a point where there were like three movies on the list and Toy Story was at the bottom. And people mm-hmm. are like, how dare you rank Toy Story last? I'm like, play it at 20 more movies to come. Mm. Toy Story will not be last. And as you've seen, it's moved way up from number three or wherever it was. I mean, that's what happens when you put out movies like Cars and Cars 2 and, oh, and, album, and, and, and movies Cars like that. I watched Cars 3 yesterday. <laughs> y'all should have warned me. You should have warned me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ed, on You Know I Got So, Tom's been pumping out these lists. I might have to start doing one as well. Actually, I'm going to be you putting should. together a top 10 songs produced by Irv Gotti list soon. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for Ed. He actually has a lot of great R&B records. Did you know he did? You know, did you know he did the Aaliyah and DMX record? You didn't know that. I don't know if I. I'm not surprised because Aaliyah, because DMX and Irv Gotti yeah. and Jay, they were all really tight around that time. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. But yeah, he makes some decent R&B. As much as I give you crap for your Irv standing. Yep. That's the weirdest thing to stand I ever seen. <laughs> the man knows what he's doing, so I wouldn't mind reading that list. So there's that, and then uh, we've got a couple more interviews that we're trying to line up here. Uh, Mr. Dalvin is one that I'm trying to lock in right now. I mm. will keep you guys posted on that. But until then, Ed, we just gotta keep keep this COVID thing to a minimal. We gotta wear our masks. We gotta be yes. nicer to each other on Twitter because you guys are really seeing anything on there now. And it's yeah, it's unhealthy. I, I can't. It's ridiculous. And to be and not to rehash the beginning of the podcast. I know we started on kind of a downer note instead of talking about food and whatever silliness we always do. But just seriously, we are at a place right now where we're all stressed out. Everybody's got a lot going on. You never know what's going on behind people's smile. Even here on the podcast, you know, I've got a lot of personal stuff going on with my family. Just keep people nice. You never know what they're going through. 
We're all fans of this music. You can joke, but be just be respectful, y'all. I like you got some sense. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> and, and, and on this podcast, I can proudly announce that Ed will be working on a top ten artists of all time list. And um, no matter what he does, he will get killed on social media. So I was like, either way, I'm going to get it put in front of a firing squad. So R.I.P. to my mentions. But, I mean, that's every day anyway. It's, my mentions are shambles. Well, can we just uh, agree on this? Is Mariah Carey on your top ten of all time? Just celebrated 30 years of her debut. Is she going to be yeah. on that top ten? If we're talking top ten R&B, no question. Okay. Of course. Uh, thank I'm not you. crazy. I just not sure I would put some of those songs in the top ten, but that's an argument for another time. That Sorry, is. Lambs. Let's let's not get in trouble here. All right, we're out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great episode. So you guys stay safe, wear your mask, and uh, we'll be back. See you. All right, we out.